Welcome to episode 590 of the PS Nation podcast. Uh, with you again is uh, Josh Langford. That's me. <laughs> Michael Swick. Still working on a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Dave. We are all your hosts for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us uh, talk about video games and other random crap that comes up. And Josh is being noncommittal about making any decisions on games that he likes or doesn't like. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> did, did you guys work on your top ten lists? <laughs> yeah, yeah, top I worked 10 on my annoyances. Top, yeah, top ten reasons I won't do it. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts um, of the show for the week. All right, so thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, you found the podcast, which is greatly appreciated. Whether you found it um, on Stitcher. Podcast Addict, iTunes, however you found it, we appreciate you taking the time to listen and download. Uh, please subscribe if you are if you like what you hear, and then you can be notified when more episodes post. We usually post anywhere between Wednesday to Thursday um, during the week, depending on what's going on with our lives and everything like that. Um, and then also the side quest episode post about once a month, once every six weeks. Uh, again, that's Andy and Wyatt. Uh, so like, if if you get an extra podcast in your feed, go ahead and give them a listen and. They have. They talk about not. It's not just JRPGs. Like they both play like a lot of Destiny, and they both play a lot of other games and stuff like that as well. So um, there's more variety to it than just JRPGs. So you should definitely give it a listen. Uh, while you're listening to either one of these podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. Everybody's like, "Oh, somebody else will do it." Ain't nobody doing it. Please help us. <laughs> it moves us up. Stars move us up the list when people search us. Uh, people like to look at reviews and read what things are, good or bad. We all look at the criticism. We try to make adjustments. Um, you know, and we all, you know, every time we get that little positive review where people actually think that Michael talking about wrestling matters, you know, he gets a little bit of a uh, you know oh, flutter no, in his belly. No, so. no don't do that. Hell in a cell this Sunday. Let's see. Next. <laughs> So please consider doing that. Also, we have a website, psnation.com, where we post news and reviews and feature posts of video games, PlayStation-related, obviously. Uh, while you're at PlayStation, uh, while you're at psnation.com, you can uh, contact us and you send us an email, which a, f- a few of you did this week, finally. Um, that email is podcast at psnation.com. Uh, you, can also con- you can also add us on PSN. Our PSN names are on the left side of the page. Um, I am totally off of my system. I'm trying something slightly different. <laughs> um, so then also while you're at psnation.com, you can go to our forums. There's multiple conversations going on in the forums, conversations about what has been picked up recently, a bunch of Spider-Man pictures, uh, people buying more and more games as we're getting into that end-of-the-year rush of so much stuff coming out. When, you know, like a couple weeks ago when Josh put that banner out of every game that <laughs> that's coming out that took up the entire banner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time the podcast posts, there's a conversation in the forums. We've given away codes in the forums. Somebody else, uh, Farmer John, just won the code for Warface last week. Yep. Um, so he got like a $75 uh, access code for, to the free-to-play game that we've been talking about a couple weeks ago. So there's plenty of stuff going on in the forums all the time. Uh, come out there, check it out, contribute to the conversation. Um, on the social medias, you can follow us at, um, at PS Nation on twitter josh's account is at pjf josh michael's is at the first mjc and mine is at the destiny dave um at psnation.com as well there's the affiliate links on the left hand side of the page click on that takes you to another page that has a whole bunch of stores listed on there if you shop at any of those stores click on one of those links bookmark it save it whatever you do uh if you purchase anything from those stores you can add it to cart you can do the pickup in store thing all that fun stuff hell i bet you it even counts if you do that delivery to your house thing with some of the grocery stores and stuff now um we get a small commission back for any purchases that you make on those links 
Um, we also have Zazzle.com where you can search for PlayStation Nation merchandise. Uh, there's mugs and ornaments. If you want to put something cool on your Christmas tree this year, you can get an ornament with a PS Nation logo on it as well. I bet you you can still get the anniversary one, too. Oh, fuck. I'm actually going to make <laughs> a 10-year an- anniversary shirt for the 10-year anniversary shirt posting. <laughs> you can get that ten that PS Nation 10-year logo on an ornament in year Damn 12. <laughs> um, our, days. Vi- <laughs> our video links, uh, twitch.tv slash PS Nation, where we are an affiliated Twitch channel. Um, I did a lot of streaming this last week of Destiny 2 Forsaken. Um, some of it was with the webcam and some overlays, trying to make some stuff look a little bit better. Some of it was without, because my laptop can't necessarily handle it all the time. But I was trying to get some, try and mess some things, mess around with some things and check it out. So if you want to look at past broadcasts, go ahead and check those out. Um, there'll be a little bit more Destiny streaming. Um, I should be able to stream the raid this week. That comes out on Friday. Um, Every once in a while, Michael jumps on there at like one o'clock in the morning and streams some Overwatch or some Call of Duty. Maybe he'll stream Spider Man at like one yeah. in the afternoon out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe he'll stream some of the Blackout beta this week or something like that. I don't know how long that's going, but just go ahead and uh, give us drop us a follow. It'll notify you when we go live. If you have uh, Amazon Prime, you can link your Amazon Prime in your Twitch account. You'll get something called Twitch Prime, which gives you a free sub to a Twitch channel once per month. Uh, it doesn't auto-renew, so if you're willing to use that on us, that's a great way for you to support us without having to do anything from your own personal wallet other than Amazon Prime. But most of you have that already just because of the service that it is, so that would be appreciated. Uh, YouTube.com slash PS Nation, where we've posted a couple trailers recently of some sh- of some games coming out. Uh, Josh has cut, put a couple videos up, probably some cool stuff coming on YouTube in the next couple weeks. So again, please go ahead and follow us on YouTube uh, and then click the bell icon that's on YouTube and it'll notify you when we post a video. It's about, I'd probably say one or two every two weeks, but we're trying to get a little bit better at that. So, All right, new releases for the week of September 16th. Mr. Langford. Okay. Um, so hang on. I've got to take a deep breath here. This one's a big <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sunday, September 16th. Turtle Beach Elite Pro 2 Plus Super Amp Pro Performance Gaming Audio System for PS4 Pro and PS4. <gasps> 249.95. Okay. So that is headphones. Uh did anybody did either of you guys see this? Any three? No. Turtle Beach Elite. I went I went to the Turtle Beach appointment, but I don't that name doesn't remind doesn't ring a bell, so Okay. And it would have lasted because you would have remembered that long-ass name. The <laughs> plaque would have been like way longer than any other plaque there. Yeah. Uh, um, Beach Elite Pro 2. Okay. The yeah, marketing too- person took a vacation that, the, when they were naming that one. <laughs> it's $250. Bucks. Um, some of the highlights, it says it's a pro gaming mic with true speak technology. Ensure your voice is always heard loud and clear with their professional quality mic. Uh, large 50 millimeter nano clear speakers. Um, yeah, I did not see these cause I would have remembered this little disc that comes with it that sits on yeah. the side or whatever. So, yeah. So this has arrow fit ear cushions, which are super comfortable for whether you have, uh, glasses or not. Prospects glasses relief system, um, removes pressure on your glasses while you play and, uh, metal headband and swappable memory foam ear cushions. Remember, guys, like the metal head, like the stuff that I learned like <coughs> at, at E3 that I was kind of interested by. But like the metal headbands are actually better than plastic headbands, not just from a durability standpoint, but from a sound vibration standpoint as well. Plastic shakes yeah. a lot more than uh, metal, 
I didn't think that would be the case either. But um, the stuff just sounds better, and it fit. I feel like they fit your head way better. So yeah. So these are very high end uh, headphones. If you're looking for something like that, then we have uh, on Tuesday, September 18th, we have legendary fishing, fishing, <laughs> legendary fishing. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to read ahead here. Legendary fishing uh, for the PlayStation 4. It is 29.99. It is rated E. It's a Ubisoft game. So really? yeah, they're publishing it. Uh, I'm not sure who was the developer. I'm not sure if it's somebody internal or not, but they're publishing it. So there's a career mode with 80 missions. Um, There's 10 different venues with four seasons, different weather conditions. You can play with up to four friends. um, And you can use motion controls with PlayStation Move to cast or you can just use your classic controls, I guess, on the DualShock. So that's cool. I mean, another use for your Move controller. Then, oddly enough, I guess fishing season has started because Fishing Sim World from Maximum Games is also coming. That cover that, art just cracks yeah. me up. I don't know why. <laughs> and the full name of it is actually Dovetail Games Fishing Sim World. And Maximum Games is publishing. It is thirty nine ninety nine. It is also rated E. Um, this one has hundreds of different combinations of rods, reels, and lures, with licensed tackle from leading manufacturers across the bass fishing industry and Europe. Seven different locations await you. Uh, North American lakes and venues around Europe. Boats and sonar. Use your boats to explore the areas. Um, and the sonar to identify the spots to fish, dynamic weather, and that's it. Um, 18 different species of fish, each with their own unique AI. So there's your fish. Uh, then we have a game called Brawl Out, uh, which is $29.99. It is rated E10+. Plus. And uh, if my mouse would work here, come on, mouse, work with me. Is this a Smash Brothers-like game, it looks like? It it appears to be, yeah. It's from... I can't read that. <laughs> uh, Armory Red uh, Merge Games. Um, yeah, it, it, it appears to be a that type of Smash Brothers type of Fighting brawler. Game. Yeah. Um, with strange creatures. Um, Each character has their own unique play style. Uh, There's a rage meter that builds up that you can break combos or unleash hell with the rage mode. Is Um, is it a percentage meter that you hit a special button and it launches somebody on the other side of the screen? Looks like it. Um, (laughs) And there's single and multiplayer modes on that. Um, Then we have... Guest characters, too. Ooh. The hyper light drifter character. Oh, is in well, that game. there you go. <clears throat> uh, then we have the Scribble Knots Mega Pack for PlayStation Four. This is thirty nine ninety nine. It includes two games and new bonus content. So it includes Scribble Knots Unmasked and Scribble Knots Unlimited, and it has a bunch of bonus content along with it. 
Um, join your favorite DC Comics superheroes to explore iconic all new look. Well, how could they be iconic and all new? Iconic all new locations. That's how good they are. <laughs> like Titan's Tower and Bell remove and restore order to the universe. Um, Do you like these Scribblenauts games? I feel like they've been around forever. They have. They've been around since. Wasn't the it the DS. Wii? No, it was the a DS. DS. Yeah, oh, it was like one right. of the early it was DS, DS first. Games. Yeah. Um, I, I briefly played one of. Them. I have like three or four of them, and I briefly played one of them, um, but didn't get too deep into it. I it, I really should go back and look at them. It was always a cool idea. It just I don't yeah. know if it ever panned out fully, but obviously it must work enough because I feel like there's a lot of Scribblenauts games there are been around a while so yeah and it's it's one of those things like the concept of it like I read the concept of it and I thought but it seems it 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 almost in my mind it always seemed like it was one of the it had the limitations of an old adventure game like King's Quest where you've got a text input and you're limited to very 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 specific commands based on because isn't it aren't you writing in words to to at, create things when, at least when it first started i believe yeah that was the <clears> case <throat> i don't know if it still continued but they had like a pretty large dictionary but you would still run into those situations where it's like yeah hey you have like this huge like amount of words you can throw in there but in reality you're only going to use like bridge for every platform yeah exactly and and that was my concern with it that it felt limiting um, because really, and I think with each successive game, they just built upon that dictionary from yeah. what I understand, which is why it got better as it went along. Suddenly you had much more open to you um, as, as the game franchise continued, but, but that's, that's that, that's a, a full package, uh for the pair of games, E10 plus. Okay. So we have labyrinth of refrain coven of dusk, from NIS America. It is forty nine ninety nine. It is rated M. Uh, I don't know too much about this game. Uh, it says there's fast-paced combat with strange creatures and traps of all sorts, a massive maze. Um, you can build an undefeatable army of your own puppet soldiers, grant them a variety of different roles, and enjoy English and Japanese in-game voices and English and French text. <clears throat> so they're reaching that Canadian, <laughs> North America Canadian yeah. uh, audience. Uh, so that one's forty nine ninety nine, and then there is a limited edition, which is seventy nine ninety nine. And with the limited edition, you get the original soundtrack, which looks like it's on two discs, uh, four lapel pin set, a hardcover art book, and bookmark. The hardcover art book, at least in this picture, looks like it's pretty thin. Um, there is a collector's box and a deck of tarot cards. I like the the cover art for the art book, uh, yeah. but it, it but it is also like you said, it's it's thin and it's also one of those tiny art books where it's like the size of the the case of the game. Yeah, and it says the bookmark is metallic. If that makes a difference to anybody, then you're, oh, well, that's it. Now they can have my extra 30 bucks. I'm in. Um, <laughs> Shiny. Yeah. 
then we have the PDP Cloud Media Remote for PS4. And it says hassle-free cloud-assisted technology for programming it. It uses Bluetooth wireless to manage media playback for PS4 streaming and live apps. Uh, it includes control for power input and volume for TVs. And it's got dedicated PS4 buttons with share options and, and the PlayStation button and all that. Okay, I have this. Um, oh, you do? I do, yes. Uh, oh. It's in the package still. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because Destiny. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, I will work on that this week. Uh, there is an app on the PlayStation on the PlayStation 4 that you do have to download directly. It wasn't available. Part of it is it showed up mm. and the app wasn't available till like September 2nd or something like that, so I kind of like put it off to the side and then um but I do have the app downloaded and I will open the controller this week and I will review a remote control <laughs> next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but uh it also comes with I know if you buy it from I believe Amazon or GameStop it actually comes with um a free month or 6 week trial for PlayStation View. Hmm. That's nice. So, it's the the gist of it is it's supposed to with the app it's supposed to identify through what your TV is and there's not supposed to be any programmability like you just kind of like sync it with the app and it should just like work and you can turn your TV on, turn your TV off, turn your volume up, turn your volume down, control it and things like that. So um I will take care of that next week. It won't be very long, but it's a good price for a remote control for the PlayStation that's desperately needed, similar to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago with mm. Hulu operating different than Netflix, which operates different than, you know, whatever other service yeah. you use. <laughs> yeah. That pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, so that's twenty nine ninety nine, And then on Friday, September 21st, we have eight bit armies coming. That is twenty nine ninety nine. It is E ten plus from Sedesco. Um, you can jump right in with easy to understand modern military units and structures. Play cooperatively or versus the AI, choosing from multiple difficulty options. It's classic real time strategy, base building mechanics. And two campaigns with a total of forty single player combat missions for many hours of gameplay nice so pure excitement and that is the new releases for next week all right uh go into the couple brief news stories we'll start off with michael yeah so a couple weeks ago sega announced that the yakuza team will be working on a new ip and yesterday they revealed that ip to be project judge which is how they're uh, which is a courtroom thriller-themed action game. And That's they, awesome. <laughs> it does look great. Uh, people are thinking it might be, you know, Phoenix Wrighty, but Yakuza uh, hmm. take on it, which is cool. There's a story trailer and a gameplay trailer. Uh, gameplay definitely just looks like it's a Yakuza game. Like, the combat is, like, dead on, and, of course, the environment's like the same. It takes place in Tokyo, so it's going to look like those games. Yeah. Uh, it is coming to the West, so they did make that announcement that it is coming to the West. Um, don't know if they're going to do, like, a actual translation, uh, like, with a dub, or if they're just going to do a subtitle like they've been doing with all the other Yakuza games. So, I, some, some tells me they'll just keep it subtitles, just to keep the costs low, just because it's always a risk taking these games that are targeted to the Japanese audience and bringing them West. Though the... The Kiwami games have shown that there there is a decent sized audience 
uh, for these games in the West. Yeah. Uh, so recommend going to the site to check out the story and the gameplay trailers. Um, and it's slated for release in Japan in 2019. Um, they didn't. They said it is coming west, but there was no specific release date or, or, or no specific time frame for the West. It just has a generic 2019 date. And usually, like the Yakuza games, they come out and then six months later we'll get the U.S. European versions of that. And so, if this turns into a holiday 2019 game for Japan, it would probably would be 2020 for for the West. Uh, but that was definitely uh, a nice thing. And TGS is next week, so. Uh, I think Sega's already advertising this game as one of the games that they're showcasing, so we're probably going to get a lot more from this game in about a week when TGS starts. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, the trailer looked great. Like, I, I was really happy, especially as someone who's starting to get into uh, the Yakuza games. I, I've become the, the Yakuza guy <laughs> on our site somehow, yeah. some way. Uh, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh-huh. And then here's a completely unexpected news story, if one of you guys want to take that. Dave? Alrighty. THQ Nordic buys Kingdoms of Amalur. They purchased... So this is very interesting, actually, because... This is crazy. Yeah, this game came out like 2011 or 2012. Yeah. And it actually met um pretty good critically like it it didn't review really well but it was kind of one of those like slow burn games that like a lot of people that i haven't really talked to anybody that played the game that said it was bad um they had it had some bugs but this is actually the kurt schilling studio 38 studios they um they made this game um they like it's got a you want to talk about like a development hell story of like the studio closing rhode island owned part of the ip and they actually absorbed all of the ip when the studio closed yeah Mm -hmm. Um, you know so it's like and then all of a sudden like thq like out of nowhere like buys the ip along with an mmo ip that was apparently owned by this by rhode island and through 38 studios as well um what the what i'm curious about though is like and maybe josh you might be able to shine some light on this with a couple years that you've been doing this um do they get I know they have like the rights to the IP so they can like name it and they can, you know, they can call things by this name, but do they essentially get the code for the game too? Like wherever that would be. It depends on the, on the contract basically. Um, but they, the first thing that everybody's been thinking about is kingdoms of MLR remastered, which yeah. I think would be a guaranteed because that's, that's what THQ Nordic's been doing for the last like right. year or so. So that's almost yeah. a lock. But that's the part that's like interesting to me. Does like this box show up at your studio and it has all this like stuff in it and you put <laughs> it in your computer and see if it works. Well, but that so- would be, that would make sense that that would be why they would be buying it, you know, more than, all right, let's make a whole new series of games here. Let's right. start off with a remaster. See how you know, it does. See how that does, and you know we should be able to make our money back on this remaster, or they wouldn't have even done this. They're right. they're they projected that you know the the interest is there, and it's not going to cost that much to do, and you know we can do this, and if it turns into something, then we have a whole new franchise that we just dropped in our lap, you know. Yeah, I would assume the like the only reason you pick up <clears throat> Project Copernicus, which is the MMO that they also picked up in the sale. That would have to be code-based. And the story behind that is even weirder because it's like Kurt Schilling wanted to make an MMO from the start. And that's why he made the studio. They borrowed $75 million from Rhode Island. Um, and then that wasn't enough money to do the MMO. So then they worked out a deal with EA to make Kingdom of Amalar. 
And then that's when it just turned ugly because Kingdom of Amalar didn't sell well. Rhode Island was like, hey, we already loaned you money and now you're getting money from EA. Also, we want our return on that money. And it just turned into a mess. And the entire time, Kurt Schilling just wanted Project Copernicus to happen. And it just never went off the ground. They got like, I think Todd McFarlane did some of the art for the game. Yeah, he was there. Because at at one of the New York Comic Cons, um, I was walking... I was in there early and I was walking by somewhere and they were like, Oh, Kurt Schilling and, and Todd McFarlane are here to, to sign posters. I was like, what? Oh, okay. Kurt Schilling, you know, Phillies. All right. I'm in there. And he was a dick. He was such a dick. Uh, he didn't even, he, he didn't even look up, you know, he was just kind of like, uh, and I was, everybody kept trying to talk to him and he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even raise his head to look at anybody. Well, it's something happened with like with Kurt Schilling, like after this all unfolded and broke out, he just kind of just turned into a completely different dude. Like he was like very outgoing and now he's just like this angry old man. But that was I mean, this was like, I guess it was in the midst of it. They were still like working and and going along pretty well at that time. But he was just not interested in being in public and and. And being there to sign stuff, he he was some guy wanted to take a picture of him, and he was like, "No, put the camera away." He got all angry. Yeah, I, I wonder if it was one of those scenes where, he, like, he uh, was known to be a gamer, like he liked playing games on the road with the Red Sox, but then it just turned into a thing. Maybe he just didn't want to use his name and be the face of this, but it turned out like, "Hey, you're Kurt Schilling. You're gonna have to be the face of this thing." And yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Hey, you're Kurt. Weird. You're Kurt Schilling. You're a celebrity as it is. You freaking call the studio Thirty Eight Studios, which is yeah. based on the number of you from playing <laughs> baseball. And yeah. then, but then you don't want to be the face of the studio. Like you don't want to be when you're out in public. You don't want to be Kurt Schilling. You just want to be video game maker owner. Like yeah. Why? Like you can't have it that way. Yeah. And this is like what like the Red Sox won in '05. So he probably made the studio right after he became just like one of the most recognizable faces in baseball after like yeah. the whole bloody sock breaking the curse situation. Like, yep. and then just, I don't know. It, it's just weird where this went. And then where you see Kurt Schilling as now of just like, he's just, he's just a talking head that does like political stuff sometimes and sounds crazy when he's on TV. <laughs> uh, it was, it was funny. I, I, I had forgotten for whatever reason I was wearing my Phillies hat that day too. Like I didn't even know he was going to be there. I didn't, I was oblivious to the whole thing and I walked in and there he is. And you know, he, he didn't even look up. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, you know, maybe it'll be like, Hey Phillies and uh, nothing. <laughs> it got nothing. Yeah. Cause yeah. he played for like three or four different teams, at least three. I know for sure. Philly, uh, Boston and Arizona. I think he played mm-hmm. for somebody before Philly too. Did yeah. He? I don't remember. Yeah. It don't matter. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Kurt Schilling. So, yeah, it's, right. it's just I, hopefully we get a remastered because that that's a game that was actually I, pretty good and had a like. Uh, so I just looked it up. It was R. A. Salvatore was like the writer, and then Todd McFarland was the art director, and then they got yeah. like the Morrowind uh, game designer to yeah. do the game. Like, holy crap! That's I mean, he built money he went. built like a dream team, <laughs> yeah. sort of like a mini dream team for something that flopped, but then turned into a slow burn. Like I said, where. A lot of people that I talk to are like, it's a really good game. Like, you know, I really wish there would be more. And now, like, talking about, like, a, a company that was obliterated, like, the THQ is, like, literally drugging themselves up from nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were auctioned off, like, yeah. well, in, Nordic in between just, when yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur came out and now they bought it. <laughs> Nordic is just, like, just putting on, like, dead body parts and making their Frankenstein monster, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. studios. I mean, crazy as it sounds, like, Darksiders 3 comes out, like, in six weeks. Yeah, T- THQ Nordic bought Time Splitters like two weeks ago. Like, yeah, like and bought a bunch of other th- random things over the last couple weeks. Like, did they buy Volition a couple months ago? I think so. Like the Saints Row devs. Like it, it's they're they're just like buying all these things. They're they they are slowly rebuilding THQ and a bu- uh, a bunch of other dead franchises. It's weird what they're doing. Hopefully, mm. it works out and we get some sequels to some cool things. But still, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I want I want more Saints Row personally. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I love I'm that. super stoked for Darksiders. Like <laughs> last year during the summer, I played Darksiders one and two on the PS4, and they were like three dollars a piece. And like they were like the games that I did really like. They were like one of the games that I should have played years ago and never did. And now I'm super stoked for three. And for a long time, everybody was like, because it's supposed to be you know three and four because of the four horsemen. Um, yeah. And and everybody was like, oh well, I guess that's over. And now it's like out of nowhere. Then they're like, oh, we're still doing it. And it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about Saints Row though. Agents of Mayhem didn't didn't do much for me. No, but that that wasn't really Saints Row, and that's part of the problem, you know. But it almost made me felt like they ran out of gas because, like, towards the end of Saints Row Four, I felt like that game was running thin, and then you had like Get Out of Hell. That was like uh, I don't know, and then I I think think that they wanted a lot. (laughs) I I think they they got pressure to make another game, and they didn't want to make another Saints Row game. So they decided to make a, a different game in the Saints Row universe, and they missed a, a huge opportunity with co-op. Like, if that game would have had online co-op where three or four people could have been playing at the same time, raising hell like you would do in a Saints Row-style game. Like, think about it. Like, I don't even know enough about Saints Row, but does any of the Saints Row games have any kind of co-op, Josh? They do. Two-player co-op, but it's not great. It's yeah. like, you can just have someone in your world, and they don't really matter. It's just you guys hitting each other with dildo bats. <laughs> or at least that's how I played it. But if they could have made like a, a like a Saints Row style or an Agents of Mayhem, because I reviewed Agents of Mayhem, if yeah. they could have made a style of game that was like all four, you know, you could have three or four players on the thing, just raising hell and doing all that stuff, like people would like that. Oh yeah, no, I remember me and you went yeah. to the appointment at E3 and we asked like, hey, four switchable characters, is there co-op? And they said no, and I think me and you both had the same like look on our face. We're just like, oh, uh... really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was like, the the Saints Row franchise was supposed to be the GTA killer, you know. It was the original one was very much a GTA clone, like and ridiculously then, so. Like if you look yeah. at the the, the <clears throat> where that franchise went, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Oh well, and that's the thing they they were like, all right, we're not going to beat them, you know, just on a on an apples to apples comparison here. So let's just go completely off the rails, and they just went nuts with story and. And every, by the time they got to four, where, you know, one of the saints has taken over the presidency and there's this crazy alien comes in and takes over the world and they're stuck in this VR world representation of it. It just got completely nuts, but it was so much fun. So, I mean, that's that's why they were able to continue anyway. But yeah. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. There are two new PlayStation VR bundles, which look really good. They're they're great games that they're throwing into them. Uh, the first one is 
uh, PlayStation VR with Creed Rise to Glory and Super Hot VR, which I've played Creed. Michael, you did Super Hot, right? Uh, non VR though, but non VR. It would okay. be awesome as hell in VR, and yeah, just just the way that game works. So, um, the two of them, you get the, the PlayStation VR, you get the camera. You get the demo disc 2.0, and you get a pair of mo- uh, move controllers, which are the the revisioned move controllers. There are slight changes to them in terms of the buttons and everything. They they look and feel basically the same, but you can feel, um, you know, they put like a little ri- a raised nub on one of the buttons so you know where you are when you're in VR. You can just feel it. <clears throat> um and you get uh, those are both digital. The two games you get a voucher to download. Them oh no, digitally. no! Uh, Creed Rise of Glory is a Blu-ray disc. Wait, what? Oh no! Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, Creed is a disc, and Superhot is a voucher, and that is three forty nine ninety nine uh, for that bundle. Then and see this is the thing. This other bundle is great too. Yeah, this but, one is the one I'm, I I kind of like. Yeah, but this even one, though, the other two games are great. This one doesn't have move controllers in it. That's the difference. So yeah. um, this bundle is the Astrobot Rescue Mission and Moss bundle. Both fantastic. I, Moss, one of my favorite games in VR. It's just gorgeous, and it's great puzzle platformer game. Buy a VR, must buy. Or buy a yeah. VR with a bundle. <laughs> and Astrobot Rescue Mission, I played... <clears throat> before E3 last year and it's a lot of fun it's it's a puzzle platformer as well it's very similar to Moss but you can't really you can't really lean in and around the way you do in Moss it's it's made to be played where from kind of a seated position um but it's really good they're both great games and this bundle is 299.99 so 40 bucks cheaper 49 bucks cheaper um. Yeah, so fifty bucks cheaper. You're paying the extra fifty bucks for the for the two move controllers, essentially, uh, because this one comes with the VR, the camera, demo disc 2.0, and Astrobot Rescue Mission is on a Blu-ray, and Moss is a digital voucher. <clears throat> so, if you have not jumped into PlayStation VR yet this is a good way to go. Um, just pick a bundle and you can't go wrong with either of them. They're all four games are great. Yeah. I, I like the move of the, the family friendly bundle is the two ninety nine one, and yeah. the, the mature bundle, you know, cause super hot's a violent game. That one's yeah. the three forty nine one. Uh, I don't know. I, for some reason, I think that's a nice move, especially around the holidays of just like, Hey, here's like a family friendly bundle and it's like $50 cheaper and, Fifty dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but in holiday shopping for families that that is a huge difference. What's so, in the yeah. one more time, Josh? What's in the two ninety nine bundle? Uh, two ninety nine bundle is just the camera, the headset, um, the demo disc, and the two games. So no move controllers, right? But I, okay, so it's Moss and Astrobot. Is that what you said? Yeah. Does yep. Astrobot, Astrobot require move? Mission. No. Yeah, so no, like, a, you could actually, yeah. like, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. somebody could buy this bundle, open it up, and they could play, like, exactly. the games that came with it, so. Yeah, that's what they've always done, like, they did, um, was it the Doom 
VR bundle had the move controllers. Yes, or I think so. Was that the one? <clears throat> yeah, they they've always done that where they'll pick a game that either requires or is really good with move and they'll throw that in the move bundle for 50 bucks more and then do just the the other one where it's all dual shock. Um but yeah, I mean it's a good idea and these are great games to throw in there. Really really great games. So, well worth it. All right, cool. So that's the news. Yep. Uh, All right. Reviews that hit the site. Back to Josh again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be me heavy, so everybody tune out now. Um, So website reviews, we had Death's Gambit, which is Emra did that one. And that is, if I remember correctly, it's like a platformer, like a Metroidvania-type platformer. With that um, Dark Souls difficulty, I believe. With Dark Souls difficulty, yes. Yeah. and it's kind of a in a low res style, if I remember right, almost like an eight bit or sixteen bit style. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Then the Plantronics Rig VR Rig Four VR headset uh, I reviewed, um, which I will just briefly go over in a minute. And Andy's Valkyria Chronicles Four review went up. Um, my Shadow of the Tomb Raider review should go up in the next couple days you know maybe by the time this podcast is out i honestly thought the embargo lifted thursday (laughs) and as we sat down to record i went to check i'm like can i talk about this yet and i looked at the email i was like oh that was yesterday okay whoops (laughs) um so yeah i know uh it's just it's one of those things where it had multiple dates on it because of um because of whatever reason. Yeah, it's same thing with the Spider-Man one where I was just like so worried because it had four different embargoes yeah. for different aspects of the game and I was just like, oh God. And Valkyria had like multiple dates on it as well. It's, yeah, they're all, you know, they're doing their thing. So it just, uh, I had a lot going on and I was, I played through the whole game. So I can talk about that. Um, no spoilers, but uh, those hit the site. And I will quickly jump into the other reviews. Let me just let me just give a quick Plantronics uh, review first. So the Rig 4 VR headphones, they're designed specifically for spa- PlayStation VR, but mainly in terms of um, the aesthetics and the style and everything. Uh, they're not, you know, they can be used for anything. They can, I use them with my phone. I tried them out when I went out and cut the lawn and everything. Uh, these are the ones that come with multiple wires. So it has a little wire coming off it. That's only like two or three inches long. And then you need to plug in the other wire, whether it's a short one to go right into the back of your PlayStation headset, PlayStation VR headset, or, you know, down the cord on there or you plug in the longer wire which will go into your phone or your dual shock or whatever um that's one of the only major things i i have a problem with um i i don't like that i i I get the idea behind it and i think it's a good idea i just i wish they had some kind of solution to store the extra cable in or on or around the headset itself because it's really easy to, you know, swap out the cables somewhere in the house. And then you go and you take the headphones and you go do something outside and you come back and you're like, 
shit, where did I leave that cable? And then it ends up you in know? that drawer or that box of random cables. Exactly. But it's... the only thing that I will say about that, though, is like the cost of headphones nowadays and the fact of the matter is if something happens to a cord and it's physically attached to the headphones, you can't replace it. Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. And that was one um, thing like that they've like even like the couple Plantronics that I have and that Michael has like like I even talked about when I reviewed my um I can't even think of the name of them right now but the ones that I reviewed a couple weeks ago like all the stuff that's detachable is replaceable. Yeah, that's one thing I like cuz I'm wearing them right now it always scares me when the aux cord is built into the headset cuz that's the only thing that always breaks cuz we have the same hmm. headset mine just has like some Xbox features on it. Um but yeah, just like I like I need my headphones now to have detachable parts because it's it's scary when they break and then it's just like and then you have to go through all the warranty stuff. At least if these break, I can just go to the store and get another aux cable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean the the cord that comes out of it is still physically part of the headphones here. Yeah, the short cord. So if something right. happens to that, you're still out. Uh, the uh, you know the good thing is these are not expensive headphones. They're sixty nine ninety nine, so they're not the high end, super expensive headphones. You know they're more in the somewhat budget conscious um, line. I would say uh, they're not noise canceling, obviously, um, and they're designed to be that way, especially with PlayStation VR, because you want to be able to hear people if you're you know in a social setting and you've got the headset on and you've got the headphones on and everything. You want to be able to hear what's around you or someone tell you stop you're gonna hit the wall yeah <laughs> um but they sound really good um they're the ear cups are a little small um front to back i think um and I, my ears are not that big so if i'm saying they're a little small i they're a little small doesn't doesn't it have to do with the way it fits around the headset though don't you think that part of the ear cup situation in terms of the space i think that that's when I remember seeing them, I thought like the narrowness was designed to so it doesn't interfere with the visor or the back headband. I I don't think that's too much of a big deal because I've worn bigger ones mm-hmm. with PlayStation VR and not really had a problem. Okay. I, I think there's I think there's room between there that they could have been a little bit wider, but right. um the the mic is, is sounds really good. I was using that for our Warface stuff and you know, as far as I knew, it was sounding good on f- from the replay and everything. Um, I don't think you guys had any problem hearing me. No, not at all. Um, the only thing I ran into, which was weird, was, you know, I took the... You can unplug the, the microphone. Mm-hmm. And I did that when I took it outside. Um, but the moment I plugged in the, the wires, I got a click. Like, every two seconds, there was a click and a click. And I'm like, what kind of this weird interference is this? And I'm checking all the wires and everything. And I plugged it into my uh, my iPad and all to try to fix it. And I finally figured out that the little swivel that Mute. is attached to the headset. Yeah, I had to flip that up mm-hmm. um, for it to actually work. So that's one thing that they I didn't see anything telling me about that. But I stumbled across it and found out. Um, but you can read a little bit more about it on the website, and that's an 8.5. Um, now, you guys, give me two seconds. My wife says something is in the chimney, and she's freaking out right now. So I'll be right back. Cool. Okay, <laughs> he right. doesn't have that. any raccoon scratches or bat marks. <laughs> no, it's, 
it's either a bat or a bird. Um, something is in there definitely. And it's fluttering around. You can hear it every once in a while. It'll flutter like crazy. Like it's stuck and it's trying to get out. Do you have an um, actual, like, it's just like the chimney going to the furnace, right? So you can actually see inside. Uh, no, it's like a full, it's a regular chimney and everything. Like I, I, but there's no fireplace, right? It's no, it's like a fireplace. A, oh, it's a fireplace. Okay. Yeah. It's a fireplace. So like I opened up the, there's glass and everything. I opened up the glass. I opened up the, the wire stuff, the mesh, and I looked up and that's the vent is closed. And I'm like, I don't hear anything. And then I heard like, a I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, kind of open that vent and blow some air up there. Well, she's like, can we smoke it out? I'm like, well, we'll probably kill it. And then we'll have a dead thing stuck in our chimney and you don't want that. <laughs> um, so I said, I said, look it up. We're probably going to have to have somebody come in and either go in from this end or go in from the top right. and try to get it out, whatever it is. So I said, or I could just open up everything. And she's like, no, because <laughs> then it's in the house. <laughs> All right, uh, with Madden, NFL 19, this will be pretty quick, too. I'll try to be pretty quick with this one. Um, you know, it's football. The football is all the same. Uh, the uh, They've added that real motion technology, and it looked better at E3 <laughs> than it did at home. And I don't, I'm assuming they were showing it on their high-end dev PCs, you know, um, because it looked and played so much better. This is like Uh, the first Madden game in a while that came out on PC. Well, wait, is this one on PC? Oh, this one is on on PC. Yes, that's right. I I got confused because I did this with the guys at, at, at EA when I was there because I, somebody I thought had said that NBA live was on PC as well. And, the guy was no, like, what? No, yet. no, no. <laughs> the guy's like, we're not saying anything about that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but yeah. It, yeah. So what they were showing me was clearly on PC. Um, it works well enough. The The interesting thing was, though, now I've been reviewing the Madden games for several years now, and I have rarely, if ever, run into all the glitchiness that everybody else seems to run into. It's the best and, part. And everybody seems to complain about this year. I hit it more than I ever have. I was shocked. I was like every other game I was seeing crazy glitching and all kinds of weird shit going on. And I, I don't know. Um, so it's a good football game. You know, it plays really well. Uh, the long shot, thing this is the finale of it they only went two seasons on long shot with madden and i was really disappointed in how it all worked and how it all played out uh so if that's one of the things you were looking for out of this i don't know if you're really gonna like it um the biggest issue with it is they have a story to tell you know so they want you to play through these scenarios in football games and you may not get the result that they're looking for. So they just throw you into a game and they're like, okay, Devin Wade is now starting for the Dallas Cowboys in this preseason game and go play, you know, well, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I assume you're supposed to drive down the field and get a touchdown. Yeah. And if you don't, 
well, then everything stops and it says, please try again. And you go back and you start over. And it's like, all right. But if you fail several times, then you're in there doing it over and over and over and over again. And there was one of them. Um, So like at one point, just to just to give an example of how this how this all played out. He gets he gets traded now he's with Houston and he gets to start this one game and he's in the game and I was on the field three times, three and out all three times. And I don't know if that's the way it was supposed to play out. I don't know if the guys were dropping the passes on purpose because that was all part of the story. But the coach is furious. He's like yelling at me on the sidelines and everything. And the next scene, um, Devin and the coach and several of the players are all buddy buddy going to Devin's hometown to help save the football stadium and everything. And I was like, well, that was really weird. Is yeah. that how that was supposed to go? You know? Um, but then you get back and you have this big game and you have to drive down the field and get a touchdown. I got down to the one yard line. And the coach is calling all the plays and they're telling me, run it, you know, just quarterback sneak. So I run and I get stuffed at like the one yard line and I run again. They tell me to run again. I run again and I get stuffed at like the one inch line. I thought I was in and apparently I wasn't third down. They tell me to run again. I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you serious? And I get stuffed in the backfield (laughs) and then it's fourth down and they're like, oh, please try again. I was like, shit. So the next set of downs, the guys are dropping the balls left and right. And please try again. I ended up trying this scenario 12 or 13 times before I got it into the end zone. And the biggest issue with it was the commentary. It, it assumed like it, the commentary played off as if everything that I had played up to that point still existed. So it's first and 10 first possession in the first quarter. And my first pass is complete. And they're like, he's over 200 yards for this quarter. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm like, Oh man, really? What is he a New York jets quarterback in the third quarter? (laughs) It was, it was crazy, you know? So you know, I throw an interception for my first interception on this drive. And they're like, that's his fifth interception of the first quarter. This is insane. He's having such a terrible quarter. And I'm like, all right, you know, this just isn't working the way it's supposed to clearly. Um, the story is, yeah, it's not great. You know, it is what it is. Um, but, I was disappointed in the way long shot played out and the way it has to play out because it's a football game and they want you to complete these football scenarios to drive the story. Um, the gaming itself, you know, I, I run into the weird stuff. Um, the fumbles were a mess, a serious mess where my quarterback would fumble the ball. Two of my guys are standing there staring at it as the ball is on the ground <laughs> And one of the, you know, defense comes running in and dives on it, picks it up and then just runs downfield. And then my team suddenly starts to react. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Did they expect you to like take control of the AI characters or I, do you know, I was completely out of your power. I completely out of my power. Okay. Yeah. I had nothing I could do at that point. 
because I'm hitting all the buttons. I'm like, come on, somebody get the fucking bomb yelling at the screen and nobody's touching the ball. <laughs> um, that happened several times. Um, things like that were happening, but uh, the Madden Ultimate Team stuff was actually a lot of fun this year. They've, they've made it a lot more um, coherent and they've given you goals and, and little things to, to drive for. And, you know, you're building up your team and, and you've got all these new things you can do with your, your team and you can upgrade players and all these cool additions to it. But, you know, for the most part, I enjoy the little challenges. It's like little challenge modes you know, go kick a field goal um, or you have to drive. You're at the 30 yard line now and you have to drive down and at least get a field goal um, or get a touchdown to win the game. Um, so that's pretty cool. You know, the online works well. Um, it's still a good football game, even with the, the glitchiness has subsided a bit. Uh, so I think a couple of patches have cleaned some of it up. I haven't really run into it as much. Um, so it's actually a fun football game this year. And the Spectrum is gone, finally. I know that's I mentioned like a, that before. That's like a point in itself. <laughs> yeah, that actually raised it up a full two points. <laughs> um, and, and the Eagles won. Joking. The Eagles the won. Eagles say, yeah. so always, <laughs> that means they're um, really good in the game. Well, now you'd think that, but you know, of course, you the cover athlete is a is a Pittsburgh Steeler guy, and it's you start up the game and it's all Pittsburgh Steelers, which is annoying to me because last year you start up the game and it was all Tom Brady, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, our turn now, and no, not really. I feel uh, the Eagles players just got that much more expensive to <laughs> to put on that cover. <laughs> yeah so well and whoever goes on that cover tends to get hurt anyway so i'm okay with that uh, or they but, just get hurt before they go on the cover because Wentz was probably supposed to go on the cover <laughs> yeah probably uh it's cool though it's it's actually a lot of fun it's a good football game and there's a lot going on in there my written review will obviously be a little bit more in depth and it's an 8.0 nice so it's still a really good football game all right. Now, are you reviewing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, or are you just doing like a review in progress thing, or are you scoring? It I today? can. I mean, yeah, I can score it. Okay. Um, I know my score. Uh, cool. I I played through the whole game. I did not. I I, I did a couple of the their challenge tombs and things. All right, all right. Let me go back. Let's start yeah. over here. <laughs> okay. So Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's the third part. The the finale of the trilogy of the new reboot Tomb Raider series. Is it advertised as the finale? Uh, They said it's the end of the trilogy. Spoilers! (laughs) That's all they've said is that it's the end of the trilogy. The way I feel about it. So, you know, as and we were talking about this off mic, but I own every Tomb Raider game that's ever come out. I've played almost all of them except for the previous two games in this trilogy for whatever reason i never found the time i played both of them at e3 and and at other events at comic-con and things like that i've played parts of them but i i own them both but i've never sat down and played through the stories of either of them i just have not had the time after playing this i really want to go back and play those two now um I, I was worried about, okay, um, this whole story is just going to be trash for me now because I, I'm, I'm going to have the finale of it, basically. 
Um, but not so much. You know, I, I knew the basics of it and I knew, you know, what the first one was, what the second one was. <clears throat> so the idea with the first one was she's new to this. She's she's a young girl and she she's unsure of herself and, you know, she's just learning her ways and everything. And the second one, she was kind of getting the hang of things. And the third one, she is that Lara Croft we all know. She is the Tomb Raider, the one who can melt into the jungle and disappear and, you know, take the guys down with stealth and really is much more sure of herself and is much more confident and competent, I would say. Um, and it plays that way. The, the cool thing is there's some really good stealth in this and you can play through most of the game with stealth. And I did up until the points where it forces you to not play with stealth where it literally forces you to pick up a gun and there's no other, you start the level and there's a wave of guys coming at you shooting and there's no place to go except duck behind this rock and start shooting back. So I was, I was under the impression as I was going through, because that was deep into the game where that finally happened. I thought, wow, I could stealth my way through this whole game. This is fun. Uh, but you can't. The frustrating part is later on, there is a mission where you're forced to do stealth. So they, you know, whichever way you're going, they're going to force you to at least try the other two. Uh, the other one, they forced me into the stealth mode. The, the unbelievably frustrating part of this was you're, you're taking down, these guys have guns. Okay. They're shooting at you if they spot you. You're, you know, sneaking around in the bushes, climbing up on rocks, diving down, taking them out and dragging their bodies away. Their guns have magically disappeared. (laughs) You have no way to pick up a single weapon at all on this level. You have to stealth your way through the whole level. You can pick up like a bottle and turn it into a Molotov, but that's about the best you can do. It, It was so frustrating that I couldn't pick up a gun at that point. I was kind of annoyed at the game at that point i i just couldn't believe that they did that like not even like a sniper rifle that you could be like really far away with a silencer nope. or anything That's nothing crazy. Yeah. you could not pick up a single weapon see the the way that that level starts at the at the end of the previous level something happens and you lose all your weapons and you're caught off in this area and you're completely unarmed but the first guy i take down is is walking through the the underbrush with a rifle in his hands. And, and if he spots me, he's going to shoot me, but I take him down stealth and there's nothing to pick up. His gun has disappeared immediately, which just really annoyed me. Um, the other, I'm, I'm getting all the bad stuff out of the way right up front. (laughs) Um, this is also one of those games where you go through and you're comfortable with it. You're, you know, you've, it's challenging here and there, but you're fighting your way through it. And then you hit the final boss and the difficulty spikes like you wouldn't believe. And the final boss is a motherfucker that you just cannot get through to save your life. So I did eventually get through him, but that I, that's the only time I was really, really pissed off in the game. I was my mildly annoyed that I couldn't pick up a gun, but I was like, I like stealth and I know what I'm doing. So I'm okay. But with the final boss, I was really pissed off. I was like, it's, it's really going to be like this. 
that I got here, and this is what we're doing now. You know, does it does it like ruin the overall game? Because sometimes there's some games I enjoyed, but that final boss fight can just break it for me to where I'm just like, you know what? No, it. I was getting pissed off, but at the same time, I enjoyed the overall story enough that I kind of let it go after I got past it. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, yeah. it didn't feel satisfying to get past it. It just felt like finally, fucking finally, you know, I was annoyed at that point. But um, I really like the story. I think the story was really, really good. They do some cool things in there um, to mix things up a bit. Uh, her, her allies uh, throughout the story are really excellent i i love the writing i love the dialogue um uh the weapons there's a lot of crafting involved in there there are a ton of side missions and things there are side temples there are hidden temples there are all these challenge areas and things you can you can go into each time you go into an area uh there's a fire and you sit down by the fire and that's kind of your save point and quick travel point so you can jump from place to place wherever these fires are go back into the area and do all these side missions that you skipped if you skip them i did a couple of them just to see what they were like but i was more focused on i want to get through the story for the review i want to actually get to the end and and see how this goes um I am definitely going back in and doing all those side missions and everything because the moment it ends, it opens up a new game plus and you can then go back and it sets you right back before that final path to the final boss and everything is open to you where you can either go back to it or fast travel back to any of the areas and get them all up to 100%. And there's tons of stuff to do. Like even the one where I did one of the challenge areas and found one of the temples and did all this stuff, I was like, I feel reasonably confident I did pretty well here. I looked at the at the menu and it said I, I got like 44% of the area complete. <laughs> and yeah. my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I miss in there? So there's a lot going on in every single area that you go into. And... um. You know, for the most part, the puzzles are pretty straightforward. There were one or two that were frustrating to me, although I was really tired at the time and I just went to bed and I got up the next day and I got it. So it wasn't that hard. It was just I was my my eyes were bleeding, I guess. Fatigued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there were one or two areas where. You know, it felt like, oh, am I going to get past this thing? But I, I made my way past it okay. And I really enjoyed the game. It's I really like the story, like the action, like the gameplay, like the, you know, the the crafting and everything. And there's a skill tree that you can, you know, choose all your different paths down. A lot of the skills unlock with those challenge areas. So getting into those challenge areas is helpful and completing them because they will unlock some really cool skills, which will help you out in the game. Nice. That's always a delicate balance. Like, is it worth doing the side mission or is it better to mainline? And if it makes, if doing yeah. that quick side mission helps the mainline, that's always a good, you know, return on, in, on investment, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is with these quick side missions, quote unquote, uh, the, 
first temple one that I did took me about a half hour, 40 minutes, you know, so it wasn't super quick. Was it, um, you still learning the mechanic of it or is it? No, just... no, I okay. was, I was, you know, several levels into the game and I knew what I was doing and I got in there and it was a couple of puzzles. Um, but there was a lot to do in there. So it just, how, how it are the puzzles me. though, in terms of like the difficulty, does it eventually kind of like slowly feed you answers kind of like uncharted does, or like if you're in there too long, it kind of like some dialogue says, Hey, look over there. Well, you can, depending on the difficulty level of the game, like the, if you set the difficulty level super easy, she'll literally tell you, I need to go do this now. I need to go <laughs> do this now, you know, but she'll just be saying it to herself in That's a way. Cool. Cool. Um, I didn't play at that level cause I was like that. It's just going to annoy me. I can't do that. Um, so I stepped it up like one or two levels above that where uh, there's paint on the walls. Like there's white paint where you need to be, um, but it's faded and it's not entirely obvious where it all is. So I was doing a lot of, all right, where am I going here? Um, very rarely did she tell me, oh, I really need to fix this or I need to go check this out or I need to do this. Um, you do have a mechanic where you can hit a button and it'll highlight stuff in the area that you can interact with. And what it also does, that'll highlight enemies where if the enemy is in yellow, nobody is looking at him. If he's in red, somebody is seeing him. So you know when you're in stealth, I can take this guy out comfortably and nobody's going to spot us. Even though... Several times in stealth, I, I dive out of the bushes. I'm taking this guy out. I'm choking him out. I'm, you know, cutting him. The other guys are two feet behind us looking the other way. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> they didn't yeah, see this. This guy is just going to, like, die in silence. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so you run into that. But, you know, it's it's worthwhile. I, I really liked the set pieces. I loved the settings, the the. It's it's a gorgeous game. It really is. And the voice acting is really good. Um, the music is great. Everything about it. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, I, I had minor issues with it and the difficulty spike at the boss, final boss was bullshit. Um but otherwise it was it's a really good game overall. So I gave it an eight point five. I I always under would love to to get a, a developer on and to ask them about their thought process and ending their story with like final bosses, like to where like it teaches you like so much stuff. Like you're learning how to like, even like uncharted mm-hmm. did this in like one or two where all of a sudden it was like this big, you know, quick time event thing to end it with uncharted. If I remember right, the one you're fighting in the, on the ship and the yeah, rain. Yeah. On the ship. You know? yes, and I'm like, yeah. I did all this other puzzle solving mechanics and gunfighting. And like, now I'm just clearing hordes of ads and then I'm going to kill you by hitting square triangle, square, square circle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it took uncharted four games to figure out how to end the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm well, just saying yeah. like Tomb Raider teaches you how to do all this traversing and puzzle solving and tomb raiding and, and stealth stuff. And then, you know, like you're fighting a boss without any weapon at all. (laughs) No, I, you had weapons at, at the end there. Um, and it's, you do have the weapons. It's just suddenly, of course you're on this platform and you can get pushed off and that's it. Game over. You're dead. And you have to start over from the beginning with the boss. And I'm like, motherfucker, here we go again. You know, where I would, you have to do a couple things first. And then that, awakens essentially the boss the boss is like okay now i gotta come get you and you get into this fight you can run out of ammo very quickly 
you've got other people coming at you. It's it's just it becomes such a pain in the ass that it's almost it was really frustrating. I'll just leave it at that. It was really frustrating. So, but I liked the story a lot. I liked where they went with all of it. And it's just the, you know, everything about it was really good. Graphics, audio, all of it. So, so did you feel crippled or on stuff you weren't understanding by not playing the other ones? I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, you could jump into this and be okay with it because they do, speak enough to her past that you don't feel lost. Um, And, you know, I know I would get a hell of a lot more out of it. I I knew the basics of it because I had played bits of the first one and the second one at these different events. So I knew, you know, about the overarching bad guys that were in this world now and who she's dealing with and why she's dealing with them and everything like that. And they, they get deeper into that you know, right as you get into the story. So they, they don't, they don't treat it as you better know those other two or you're going to get lost here. So yeah, it was, it was well-written that it could be a standalone game and you'd still understand the story and be able to get through it with no problem. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Did you play anything else last week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did i play actually yeah i played uh nhl 19 nice um just briefly and that was just this morning <laughs> um so yeah there there's a lot of new stuff in there um i need to play a lot more of it to to really get into it but uh one thing i can't find which really frustrated me right off the bat when you're creating a player I don't see the option to choose whether they're right-handed or left-handed. Um, which seems like, duh, why would you not, you know, the, cause I, I created a defenseman and started the game up and I was like, Oh shit, I forgot to choose it. Cause suddenly he's left-handed and I don't like to play like that because I am right-handed and I'm not used to shooting left-handed. It just throws me off. So I quit out and I went in to create another player and I'm going through every single option. I don't see the option anywhere to change it. And this player was holding the stick in his right hand and I'm like, okay, so maybe this guy's just right-handed. And I went through and I finished everything up and started the game and he was. And I'm like, oh, I was going to ask okay, you, is, every, so is, is everybody random? in the game left-handed? Or? No. So I'm like, is it just random or what? I, I don't know. I have to dig into this some more, but I could not find an option anywhere in the menu to, to do anything about that. Um, the, the cool big thing with this though, is they made a big deal with the NHL PA and you've got all these players from the past are in this game. So that's cool. Yeah. Where sports leagues have always had problems with this. They, they figured this out. So now you can play against or with Gretzky and Lemieux and Messier and, you know, all these retired players, all these legends of the game essentially um you can play with or against in in all these different modes which is just awesome um i i started off with the pond hockey stuff which was fun (laughs) um it feels yeah i was afraid it was just going to feel like nhl (laughs) it was just going to feel like a regular nhl game but with you know a different coat of paint on it um 
but it feels a little different. You know, it, it's a three on three, the one I was playing and there's no offsides or anything like that. So it feels more like pond hockey and it's cool. You know, I need to play more though, to get into it. Um, play more pro evolution soccer. I need to f- finish up enough of that to write a review. Um, and we played Yoshi's Woolly World on the Wii U. I've heard that's really good. It is. <laughs> it really is. Um, the kids, like they, Zoe kept picking up the little yarn Yoshi amiibo. And I said, you know, there's a game where it looks exactly like that. She's like, what? Can we play it? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so I pulled it out and we started playing it and she got all into it. And then she was loving, like putting her amiibo on the controller to put that amiibo right into the game like the pink one she had she was all excited to put the pink one into the game and yeah we were messing around with that for a little while so whatever you do josh don't show her skylanders oh actually (laughs) just don't do it she hasn't seen skylanders she plays with all the amiibo toys and she plays with a lot of the disney infinity ones yeah but yeah and then you and i need to link up this weekend probably and play some firewall Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so maybe we yeah. can stream that. I can have my wife down here re- reading chat to me while I have a visor on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. All right, did you yeah. watch anything? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> More Bond. Know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, um, I, I'll go really quick. Uh, mine's literally going to be like one thing. I didn't really watch anything, but um, obviously it's Destiny. So Destiny 2 Forsaken. So it came out... Um, the story is, like, I, I don't want to really ruin anything for anybody. Like, Josh is allegedly eventually going to play this game, probably when the story is, like, done ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> I um, will. I played it. Well, I played, <laughs> I played like, an hour of it at E3. I'll play it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the gist of it is, like, they've, you know, this is not a spoiler. This has been all over, like, advertisements and cutscenes and everything they've shown. But Cade Six, the leader of the Hunter Vanguard, is killed. Um, he's the the guy that's been voiced by Nathan Fillion, um, and it, it, so he's been an iconic character, and he's dead. So he's there's actually like a, a really cool you know because the gist of Destiny it, it involves around the ghosts, like the ghosts are what revive you and things like that. That and there's a there's a scene where like you can see the one of the barons, he's the, which is the enemy that you're gonna face, actually like snipe his ghost, and his ghost dies. And it, like, explodes, and it's a really... Like, it's the first time we've ever seen a ghost die in the game. Um, and then, obviously, he's killed, and it's a revenge mission. Um, people uh, freaked out a couple weeks ago when they showed the launch trailer for it, and your guardian spoke. The player actually spoke, and that's the first time that your guardian has spoken in the game in over three years since the original base game of Destiny. Um, and it's a revenge story. Like, you're you're literally just going after um, Aldrin Sov, who is the... Queen's brother, um, who kills Cade, and it's it all ties in. It's it's a Destiny story, so it's got a lot of huge gaping holes in it and things like that of stuff that they're they're hinting at. If you've played the game since launch or whatever, they really hinted at some really crazy deep stuff that's in there. Like they did a really good tie back to things. There's this particular character that's speaking to you um, when you're on your way to near the end of the campaign um, that is like uh, like an old like old old character like destiny uses the word lore a lot but he's in the lore and he's a deep character that kind of went nuts and all of a sudden he starts showing up and talking to you and the way he talks to you ties into something with like the taking king and stuff like that so there's uh, there's a really good story there um again not i wish that they would have done a little bit better of like 
fleshing out the villain and things like that, the way that it ends is kind of like head scratching, but it appears that it's going to tie into the raid, which is really cool because a lot of times the raids have been a separate entity, kind of their own story, but it looks like that you're this is going to tie into it. Um, I'm not going to review it or give it a score um, because I, the this is the first time that they've made a destination in the game that is strictly an end game destination. Um, so, and, and that, that destination is supposed to change and evolve over the next couple of weeks. Um, today is the first Tuesday that they were recording is the first day that the, um, the weekly reset has happened. So we'll see if the, how much it changes. I haven't had a chance to get on and play yet, but, um, I will do some of that tonight and see how it's evolving and changing. Cause there's things that are going on that are, um, not supposed to be happening so it's kind of confusing there's some questions they have to answer but uh they added two new landing zones destinations uh you have the tangled shore um which is this vast open area and then you also have the dreaming city and the dreaming city is the end game content it's very visually it's it's the coolest destination that, that they've ever made it reminds me of um God of War a lot um, in terms of how it looks um, when you're when you're progressing in God of War and you get to a couple of the other destinations that have this look to them and things like that. Um, it's it's just it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and you just when you get there the first time you literally get your face ripped off because you're not a high enough level. <laughs> you you land there and everything you're you're probably slightly over five hundred power level maybe five ten, and everything you're fighting is five forty to five sixty, so it's like you're just riding your sparrow and you just get shot and you're just dead. It's like, <laughs> so you're trying to increase your power level. Um, a lot of people have been asking me questions about leveling up and things like that. Um, it's just a matter of playing the game, collecting bounties, doing your milestones and your challenges, like getting the soft cap in the game is 500. Getting to 500 is relatively easy. It kind of happens as you go from level 30 experience level 30 to experience level 50 once you hit 50, um, and then as you're about your experience level, hit, you hit the level cap, and then the gear that you're picking up affects your power level. Once you get above about 450 to 460, the game's like, oh, you're close enough, and then like your next drop is like 485, and then your next one is like 490, and all of a sudden you jump from 460 to 500 like really fast. And when you're at 500, that's when the game opens up a little bit more. Um, in terms of like your quests and your and things to get powerful gear and stuff like that. Um, they added bows to the game, so like the you know like a bow and arrow is in the game now. Um, there's not very many bows that have been added. Uh, there's a little bit of a learning curve to the bow as well. It's but it's still a cool weapon. It's not something that I'm comfortable with, so I've only messed with it a little bit. But a lot of people have been asking about the bows, and I haven't seen anything crazy happen with them. But usually, when they add these new weapons, there's there's advantages to having them. So if you get a bow, hang on to your bow. Um. It's 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 still an evolution. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'd like if you look over Twitter like the last week, everybody's like Destiny's saved and Destiny is fixed, and and I'm like we're not, like seven days in. Everybody had positive things to say about Destiny two the first two to three weeks it was out as well. Like it's all about the end game, the long game, and the end game for it. So um, I will, like I said, I'll stream the raid. Uh, the story is solid. The random roles being added back to the game literally make every drop an, an important drop where you have to look at your legs and see if they have sniper rifle loader or auto rifle reloader and things like that on them. So it, it, instead of just, oh, I already have one of those, I'm just deleting it. Oh, I already have one of those, I'm just deleting it. Now you really need to look and you can actually like 
make a build and all these destiny content creators are like oh if you wear these boots and this chess piece and with this these perks on it like it and you can do this and this and like and it's great that all that stuff is there but it also is like that overwhelming feeling again of where it's like what do you do like i have so much stuff i have six pairs of legs that are exactly the same i don't know which ones to keep or not to keep because i like this perk but i don't like this perk like it's getting crazy again. <laughs> my nightmare <laughs> yeah you know it's like jo- you know josh would be like well i might use a sniper rifle eventually so i want to save that boot but i know i use auto rifle mm. so i'm going to save this one and yep. you know so, um but the gambit is just like so much fun like i know i talked about that when they did the trial and stuff like that but um there's a there's it it has its problems right now there's one particular weapon that is very very problematic in this mode um it's called the sleeper stimulant and this it's so it's what happens when you invade in gambit um like i talked about last week is that you actually get a little bit of an overshield you're fighting against four other players you're trying to kill them so that it you know that to stop them from killing their boss um so there is a weapon now. So a lot of times when people jump in the portal, they either have full power ammo or they have a super. So if you have like a super, like the new supers they added and stuff like that, um, like where you can, you know, golden gun somebody or you can titan slam somebody. Um, and you, when you pop your super, you also get another overshield. So it's almost like a double overshield. But there's this weapon that's a really, really high impact fusion rifle that can, if I hit you in the toe from like 100 yards away, you're dead. Um, other weapons, like it takes a couple shots to break the shield and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people that are really complaining about this game. So like I'll, and I've been just as guilty of it. I'll jump into the portal with sleeper and I can stand really far away and I can kill all four of the players. And that, you know, like if, if their boss is down to like 10% health and I kill all four of the players, their boss is back to a hundred percent health because the death heals the boss. Mm, So there's a whole strategy to it. And people are just really like. Honestly, they're just bitching about this weapon, and this is the problem that I have with Destiny's community sometimes, is that they're like, oh, this should be like locked out of Gambit. Like, Bungie added this to the game. They know what's going on. It might need to be balanced a little bit, but it's only seven days in. Like, give them some time. So, it's... I have a lot of, you know... I personally have a lot of faith in them. This There's... There's nothing that's going to stop me from playing this right now, and the random rolls are just going to keep it going, but... People actually this weekend glitched into the raid and found raid like weapons and stuff like that and and are like spoiling this stuff for people. Like this is supposed to be like their iconic thing and and these weapons. And personally, like the little bit that I looked at, like some of the stuff looks a little underwhelming. So I'm a little worried about the raid. But at the same time, there's a part of me that hopes that because they found one raid chest instead of like like the loot that drops from the bosses. So I hope that there's different loot that drops from the bosses. But the game's not without its problems. It's trying to do things to allow people to play, not to to play regularly, but not punish you for not playing daily. And it's had some UI issues this weekend. And you know, like there, you're hearing a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's not respecting my time." I'm like, the game has been out for a week. Like everybody just needs yeah. to pump the brakes on how excited they are, or how fixed it is, or how broken it is or isn't. Like, so I probably won't review this game for another two weeks at least. But, you know, it's the outlook is promising, but it's all going to depend on how Dreaming City evolves. So how the raid works and all that stuff. So, But early on, it's it's positive, but it's very early on. I'm very positive on it, but I'm also being very reserved because 
I was one of the people that was very positive on Destiny 2 at the beginning, the first couple months, and kind of almost, quote-unquote, like, defending their decisions and stuff like that. And now they've gone the like a full 180 to where it's like stuff is really expensive. The new supers are great. They added nine new supers to the game, three for each character class. They all have their pluses and minuses, and they all need some tweaking and things like that as well. But all these people that are saying that like they should have known what like this was going to happen, like they can't play test for millions of players playing this game. Like you can't. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't want to drag it on too much. I, I'll keep streaming the game whenever I have a chance to play. And if you guys want to check the stream out or answer or ask some questions, I've had a lot of people ask me about with Destiny 2's base game being free on Plus. A lot of people. Like on even that haven't played Destiny before, I will help you guys. Like if if you have questions, like you know, go ahead and send them to me on Twitter or even through the regular webs or the regular Twitter, and I can, I'll see them. Um, I will help you guys. It, it just give me a couple weeks, and I can help you guys with the campaigns or give you some tips, um, things. I think based on some of the random roles and everything that I'm seeing, and depending on how much time I will or won't have, because my time is very tight. Um, there is a part of me that wants to maybe do some of those Destiny tips videos again. Um, in terms of like weapons to look out for, certain roles to look out for, and then just being efficient with your bounties. Like, there's definitely a lot of things where you can double dip your bounties, and that way you're not like only working on one thing at a time. So there are ways to maximize your time in the game. So if that's something that you guys want to see, like just go ahead and tweet at me or comment on the on the on the forum post or comment on the on the website post. You know, or there's multiple ways to reach out to me, but. When I did those videos, there was very, very positive reactions to them. They weren't necessarily as needed in Destiny 2 because it was just like, oh, this gun is good because it's good and it has a fixed role. So, um, but if that's something that you guys are interested in, please let me know and I'll be happy to, to look into doing stuff like that. So, they seem to generate some good traffic and good positive vibes a couple years ago when I did them. So, um, but that's it. Like, I, I want to, like, I have Firewall Zero Hour here. Like, I want to play it, but. I, I I kind of addicted to making my power level go higher in Destiny right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really watch anything. So other than football, I watched a lot of football. I watched, um, you know, college football and bits and pieces of the Lions getting obliterated by the New York Jets last night. So, <laughs> all um, right. So Michael. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm currently suffering from post Spider-Man depression. Um, <laughs> everyone's playing it and like i, I i'm not <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things where it's like i i got the 100 percent and the platinum uh like a day before the game came out I, all i was waiting on was for the trophies to be available for me to view because i was missing one trophy that i would not have found it was just like one of those it was like an easter egg trophy so i needed to know what that easter egg was to stumble across it or i would have had to like wander for probably a long ass time to find it uh been obsessed with the photo mode which i'm surprised at like i don't give a crap about photo mode but this game is gorgeous so just going through photo (laughs) mode constantly has just been like an obsession with mine the last couple days especially because there's not a lot of stuff for me to do after you 100 percent platinum a game like there's still random crimes um usually when people platinum a game michael they kind of just put it away but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. They they did do something cool, though. So there's still random crimes that pop up in the city. And I was ignoring them as I was, like, on my way to uh, take photos. And 
it was cool because I ignored the crime. And then, as I mentioned during the review, J. Jonah Jameson has a uh, podcast. And on the podcast, he's like, oh, special podcast. We just in, uh, we have the owner of a flower shop whose store was just robbed and no one helped her. And then it was the person of that crime that I just ignored complaining that they saw me swing by the crime and do nothing. And this has happened like <laughs> twice where there's crimes that I ignore and then there's been like a, a, a podcast that's instantly like immediately happens. I'm just like, yeah, Spider-Man just, he just doesn't care about these small crimes anymore, you know, and the stuff like that. So there's still like cool little things that are popping up in the game, even though I hundred percent did it, but it's just like, I, I want there to be more. Does it react to you the other way though? Like if you stop the crime, is there a podcast out that says he was swinging by and he just stopped it and then took off? Yes. And, okay. um, well not for, so a lot of times for the, the, the side quests, there was always stuff like that. And a couple of the, the smaller, like random things happen, but J. Jonah Jameson always spins it to like, oh, Spider-Man must have been doing something else when he was helping <laughs> these people, or he caused the problem, and that's why he saved them. So he's always has like a spin on it, which is just entertaining as all hell. Uh, and I've just been like spamming the the photo mode like yeah. constantly. If you're friends with Michael on Facebook, you're not getting any other like you're not getting pictures of like him going to work or check-ins. You're just getting Spider-Man. Yes, and I'm probably going to do that tonight as well, just because, you know, I got, I got all the suits, you know, messing with the filters. Like, um, Ray, our uh, one of our writers, Ray, has been taking some amazing photos on his Facebook page, and I'm just trying to figure out how the hell he's doing some of the stuff he's doing. Well, he's a video guy. He's a video guy, So the but the even with the simple tools in photo mode, he's just able to, like, just squeeze just so much out of it in terms of the lighting, and it's just like, damn it, I gotta try that. You gotta uh, up your, so up your kinda, game. You got to spend more. Yeah. You know, one photo is like a thirty-minute process, Michael. I mean, a couple of the ones I spent, I it was at least like ten minutes of just like trying to get the right like look and then the light and all that stuff. But yeah, um, then uh, still working on my uh, Yakuza Kiwami two review. Um, almost done with the game. It's funny going into this one, uh, especially after reviewing six. I heard a lot about how six didn't stand up to how good the earlier games were specifically two seems to be like a community favorite um yeah i don't know if i'm quite seeing that i'm still enjoying it it's still great but i don't know if all that stuff that i was hearing when six came out of just like oh the side quests aren't as good or the world's not as big all that stuff um if that was just nostalgia nostalgia talk talking basically because like i i'm enjoying kwami too but it's like Coming from six, I'm like, okay, this is still a great game, but I don't see exactly why people said it was like six was a disappointment for some people for the longtime players. It could easily have been nostalgia. Um, I mean, like two came out. I'm trying to find it right now. Two came out alive. It was a PS2 game. Yeah, it was a PS2 game, <laughs> which has been cool. Looking, so I wanted to just look up like a. a gameplay of the ps2 version and just to see how crazy different it looks now and my god they've improved you know because it's using a modern engine and just little things that they change like they've added scenes and redone a couple of scenes early on in the game uh that you know are completely different and just look amazing now yakuza 2 was 2008 yeah so it was after the ps3 10 years um like but yeah, it was it was like a God of War. So expect God of War type graphics. It was that late in the in the console's life cycle, and it it was actually it looked really good. Oh well, yeah, no, it looked good for the time. But like just um, like 
seen the night and day difference though. Com- yeah. You know, like, yeah. Obviously. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, you know, it's a full remake, you know, in terms of everything they've done. So it's yep. definitely interesting to go back and look at all that. Yeah. Uh, and then this weekend was this like beta weekend. Uh, the battlefield five beta, uh, happened every, it still feels like a battlefield game. I'm still having the same problems I had at E3 with the grand operation mode, which is the only mode in the beta where it's that mode that takes over, you know, it's like each like section of the mode is like one day uh and it can go up to three days uh, of in-game time but in order to finish a match i've had to put 45 plus minutes into some of these games just to finish like one match and (laughs) i I, like it's that's not that's not a pick up and play a match mode exactly yeah. yeah and like i i can play like three or four overwatch games in one battlefield game and it just kind of like kind of sucks when you know you put all that time in and then you lose because you're playing on like a was it like a 32 player team and the modes do evolve a lot of cooperation or at least this one does and you can have communication within your four-man squad but there's still 28 other people on the field just doing what they want. And the map that they chose to do the, the beta for is very sniper friendly. So you do have just a lot of people just like laying on the ground, not going after the objectives, making the game just go longer. And you and your four man squad could communicate and be like, all right, we're going to try and take this point. But it's really hard to take a point of four players when you have the other team playing like full defense. So it's, it's just one of those things where I just don't know, like, if this is the mode that they're putting, like, their their eggs in the basket for, or just, like, I know they have a Battle Royale mode coming along, but even the announcement of what that is didn't sound too great, because it's just, like, 64-player squad-only Battle Royale, which, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, just because, like, just the fact that they haven't even said if solo play is going to be available for their Battle Royale mode is just a little, like, that's a little weird. Like, solo play should totally be a thing for battle royale uh but just just the amount of time that you have to put into the match i don't know if it's that worthwhile or this mode at least you know conquest mode still going to be there there's still going to be the the regular modes and those are going to be fun because it's battlefield they know how to do gunplay their map design is always solid i just don't know if grand operations is like the mode to talk about for this game and but that's the thing they're beta testing right now uh and then Surprisingly, I had a lot of fun with the Call of Duty uh, Battle Royale mode called Blackout. That beta started Monday, and it's running until next Monday. Uh, 80 players. Um, it It is basically PUBG in first person, or the, the PUBG first person servers. <laughs> it runs surprisingly well. That was the one thing people were concerned about, is this a Call of Duty's never done big maps they've never done this many players and it's actually a lot of fun like just the call the call of duty mechanics the shooting mechanics are fun as hell as always but Hmm. in a battle royale setting is actually quite entertaining there's still some things i need to work on the driving is god awful the vehicles (laughs) are just terrible so you use the left stick to accelerate and the right stick aims the camera which then aims the car which direction to go which is just hmm. 
a terrible way to to do that it almost anytime like a, a game adds driving mechanics to their to their game it always makes me wonder if they live in a bubble and don't know how other games do driving <laughs> mechanics because it was just it was just awkward just you know having to like push the stick forward to accelerate all the way and then like not having control over the vehicle it's you controlling the camera to aim the vehicle is just it's it was weird and just made driving just like a chore uh, especially when you're getting like shot at by snipers and you're just trying to make it to the center point um only there's only squad play available in the beta right now uh but they do have solo like on the men uh the menu so solo's there it's just not available in the beta so i've been having to play with randoms which is just been you know mixed results usually they die out real fast because there's a lot of people that i don't think they realize like how battle royale games work or like call of duty crowd might not know because most of my squads die outside of the circle like they don't realize you have to make it to the center and like mm. I'm going to the center and they're just still fighting each other on the outside. So I've been like the lone survivor in my squad a lot of times. Haven't won yet, but I made the top ten like twice. If only um, you had access to like a huge social media site where you could put a tweet out asking people to play a beta with you that we gave codes away for and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, I could totally do that. But then I play at like two in the morning, so then it's just like eh. It's only like eleven o'clock for most of the California people. Like you'd be alright. True. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping they had solo play because because the one thing the 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 beta lacked though or the blackout mode is the tension that you got from PUBG. I didn't really feel any tension. I don't know. It's just because Call of Duty just gives you too many toys to play with. Like I I never really felt like oh crap like that. There's a there's a weird feeling you get in PUBG of just like tension and just like in PUBG you just want to like hide in the bathroom with a shotgun. And you're hoping no one finds you sometimes. And Call of Duty, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I'm just running gun is still very much in your mindset. And it seems like that's what a lot of the players are doing. There doesn't really seem to be that many people, you know, strategically camping out and stuff like that. that you would find in a battle royale mode. Uh, but hopefully that develops over time. Yeah, it sounds like they're updating the game this week as well. They're bumping the player count up to 88 and they're making the item pickups faster. Yeah, that the, the items is another thing, and then it, uh, the buildings. They, there's not a lot of buildings. The map's not like huge, huge, but there's little things that they can tweak and hopefully can tweak. Just because buildings are kind of bland and like bare, to where like there's just a lot of like shacks as opposed to like buildings. Um, so just little stuff that you would see in other uh, battle royale games that they need to to tweak and build on. Uh, but that's it for playing and watching, just yeah. the, the betas and Spider-Man. Sounds like that beta is going to go for a while, though. So it's one of those things where he's just—it looks like reading some stuff today that they're going to like update it every uh, every couple of days. So definitely, just if you're playing it, sign in, check it out. So yeah, keep keep the auto updates going because they're patching it left and right. So uh, it's going to be cool if they get the player count to 100. I don't see why the game couldn't handle that because it seems like it's doing really well at 80. Yeah. So. But then again, they talked about adding zombies to the mode, so who knows how that will affect <laughs> everything with zombies running around. All right. Did you, so did you watch anything at all, or is it just mostly playing Spider-Man? That's been your TV time. <laughs> Spider-Man's been my TV time. I did watch the Bears-Packers game, which was That's just That's how you tweeted about that. <laughs> well, because so like, I, my, my tweet that I put was like the first half was like watching a live execution. Like, the Bears and, to the Packers. Yeah, Bears is murdering Packers. They... They they hurt uh, 
uh, Rogers. And then the second half was a revenge film. Rogers, <laughs> they tried to murder Rogers, and then he fucking John Wicked them, <laughs> and then just like completely took over the game. So that that was fun as hell to watch. I'm not much of a Bears fan or football for that matter, but that was entertaining after work to watch or just watching uh, Khalil Mack just like dominate the first half, and then the Packers just figured him out and figured out everything on the defense because Rodgers was just probably pissed that they hurt him and just took over. Like that that was probably the only thing I watched other than playing you know Spider Man and then looking at photo mode. <laughs> Alrighty, so we'll get into the community spotlight with emails. Uh, so this email is from Jason, jhall03 on PSN. He's been around for a long, long time. Uh, hey guys, what do you think of the possibility of a second Killzone entry for the PS4? Do you think Gorilla will give us a second Horizon before another Killzone? Or something different? Although it may make for a great launch title with the PS5, I'd rather see a new Killzone on PS4 that takes advantage of everything the developers can now do with the PS4 hardware. I adore Killzone games, the lore, the guns, the multiplayer. I really think Sony made a mistake by never including Killzone Shadowfall as a free PS Plus game. Um, I don't know, the in terms of the PS Plus game, that game has been crazy, crazy cheap for a long time. Like You can still even pick it up for like 5 or 10 bucks now, so... In terms of something like that, um, the co-op mode that was in that, the killed like the insurgents, like I loved. Um, I do think that you would see another kill zone. Um, I personally think you'll see one before another Horizon. Um, mm. I think that the success of Horizon has probably added enough people to Gorilla um, to where that you probably can, because Sony's notorious for having these studios as they grow split into two teams. Um, and they they can they work on a couple of things like we've heard about the Uncharted group splitting into two teams. One of them did The Last of Us, and then they did Uncharted Four, and now they're doing Part Two. And then you know, so like I mean, I might not be 100 percent with that, but um, you know, so they they definitely give them the faith. Um, and I I think Killzone is a marquee franchise for Sony that's not going away. So. Yeah, I'd like to see more Killzone. I we've talked about it on the podcast in the past where there was a website somewhere. There was an official Killzone website from Gorilla that had like a almost a ten thousand year long history of the universe. Oh yeah, that was yeah for Killzone two. I think they had that. Right. It was unbelievable, and they really they built everything into you know where how the whole universe came to be and all the little conflicts leading up to Killzone one and Killzone two and everything and the lore is there. They have it all somewhere, you know, and it's just whether they want to go back into that or whether they want to keep branching out because horizon was a massive hit, massive, massive hit, especially for something, you know, you're taking a big chance on a new IP and that was a big expensive new IP and it hit big. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll see something more on that front, but, yeah, I would love to see another kill zone on the PS4. Um, like by the end of the life cycle. But yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, it's just it's all speculation. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know. I like if Gorilla Cambridge was still around, then I would say we would definitely see a kill zone before Horizon. But with that studio mm. gone, I feel like Horizon just set the world on fire too much for them to just go like, "All right, let's go back to Kill Zone." 
and then go to Horizon. Yeah, and and I agree with that. I just think that they need a stopgap because in order for them to do what they want to do with the next Horizon, it it would be a couple years away. So I I could see them doing another Horizon on PS4, and then like like he says, where he doesn't want a launch title for Killzone for PS5, yeah. I can see them doing that because then it could be like a lower stakes launch title that can experiment more than they would want with Horizon because you wouldn't want to experiment too much with Horizon because it's already like a fan favorite game and is sold way better than like any of the Killzone games have done previously. But does Sony want Killzone as a launch title again? Right. Maybe Killzone just becomes like that franchise though that Mm. like you just... It's not going to be like a main franchise it's it's never hit like the uncharted level like it's oh, a marquee no. franchise no. but it's never hit like the uncharted or even uh, infamous games in terms of like sales and stuff like killzone 2 did really well uh, but i don't think killzone 3 did well and then shadowfall had mixed critical reception and it was also a launch game so it's kind of hard to gauge yeah. like how well that sold because it had like no install base to work off of well shadowfall it just felt so different in terms of the story and everything they were doing there um and the menus were t- terrible yeah. well, they were kind yeah, of that's like, like the one thing that yeah. i remember from that game <laughs> well they were also like some of the stuff that they tried to execute with the multiplayer i just feel like they were a little bit ahead of the time like and it wasn't to the point where it was like successful enough on apps and stuff like that if they tried to bring that out now where you essentially like build your own server and stuff like that and it was out it had like a smartphone app functionality and things like that i think that would do really well my yeah. root problem with Killzone Shadowfall is with the experience that I have now with the shooters is it's just too heavy. Like the character is it's just too much of a heavy shooter for the way that first person shooters have evolved over the last couple of years. So if they're going to bring it out again, it, it can't be like and what I mean by heavy is I feel like you move too slow. But that but was like the one thing that Killzone had going for that's it. That's what but Killzone that doesn't is. Work yeah. anymore. Like that's, oh, you know, I agree. Yeah. Like but- that's that's what I liked about Killzone. That's what I loved about Killzone 2 and everything. Yeah, Killzone same. 2 and 3. Um, you know, this isn't Master Chief who can jump 50 feet in the air. This is an actual human soldier who His is weighted weighs. down. Yeah. And, and it feels like that. It feels like you're a real soldier who's weighted down by heavy weaponry and armor and everything else. And... It felt realistic, and I love that about it. That's one of the things that I really liked about the series. And I get that, you know, that's not the way people expect their shooters nowadays. But I, I think there's room for both. I think there's room for the crazy sci-fi. Let's jump twenty feet in the air, and there's room for the more realistic, weighted down feel to a shooter. You know, I, I just but, I, in in in, yeah. in a campaign setting, I agree. Like that, in, it didn't bother me in the campaign, but. In terms of like just how the multiplayer felt, like it just like it mm-hmm. felt like it took too long. I mean, and I'm and i at the same time I'm not one of these people that like jetpacks and wall runs. Like I don't do that, but there has to be a balance between the two. Like I feel like COD at certain what was it, um, Black Ops Four or Black Ops Three or Infinite Warfare was like just too fucking fast, like way too fast. Yeah. Which is why they had to go back a little bit yeah. for Black Ops. But then I 4. think I think Killzone is just too heavy. Like so, yeah. like there's a, there has to be like a balance in there, or there has to be like a, a build that you can do to just to move a little bit quicker. Like, so I mean, but again, yeah. it's personal preference. Like, you can't. I I don't think you could do that in the same game though, because if you've got 
the feel of the game for single player and you're used to that and suddenly you get into multiplayer and all of a sudden everything's moving faster that might mm-hmm. no, people agree. would not like that so but yeah it's yeah, it's a tough call either way all right, uh, all right. Uh, next question comes from jimmy from denmark um hey ps nation i haven't been I haven't been listening for some time because I went to Japan and my habits changed a bit. So I was very surprised that Glenn left. Um, it's been a couple Surprise. months. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of opening my PS3 and PS4 to give them a good cleaning, like dusting off the fans and uh, heat sinks. I'm even thinking of changing the thermal paste. The, the, the paste in the consoles are probably bad quality and poorly done and other mass production electronics. Uh, it would probably help with better cooling, make it less noisy. Uh, my question is, have you ever opened your console? Um, if yes, why? And would you ever consider it? Uh, Michael, I think you actually have opened yours, right? I've opened all of my consoles multiple yeah. times, yeah. Um, PS4, it definitely... So my original PS4, the launch one was getting really loud and the dusting did help for a little bit of time. Like, just opening it up, taking some canned air to it, and just cleaning the vents with, like, a Q-tip helped. And the PS4, luckily, when you open it, you don't have to open it too much. I didn't do anything crazy. I just took the shell off because there's also the aluminum shell. But luckily, the aluminum shell has access to the fans enough and, like, enough vents that opening up a PS4 is actually super easy. I haven't opened up my Pro yet, but my Pro has not had any, like, sound issues that made me want to do it. But uh, a regular OG PS4 is super easy to open, and you really have nothing to fear other than the fact that you're going to break your uh, manufacturer warranty if yours is still active. But uh, that one's super easy. The thermal paste one, I've had to do that for my PS3. Uh, that was the main cause for the yellow light of death is because the thermal yeah. paste that they put on those like early PS3s just evaporated after a certain amount of time which would just cause the system to overheat uh but i did that like two times and it, the system still yellow lighted so i think once you hit the yellow light the damage is done and the thermal paste job is only going to be like an extension enough for you to like get your data off of that system it's not going to be a permanent solution yeah um, i ran into that too and that's yeah. that's the only one i really dug into and did i wouldn't mess with the thermal paste beyond that i yeah. i think at this point they've got it down and it's fine and it's safe it's you know if you really want to get in there and clean stuff out with dust and and all that have at it but i wouldn't go farther than that at this point with any of them yeah if if you're gonna open up your ps4 though be really like the first layer, the, sh- the plastic shell on the outside, once you take that off, that's fine. If you are going to go as far as opening up, like taking the Blu-ray drive out and messing with that stuff where you're disconnecting the ribbons, just make sure you have it down on like a rubber mat. You're not in like a carpeted area. The static will kill any of those boards and you don't even have to feel the static shock it's still there. Like you'll still have static issues. Um, and also those ribbons are really sensitive. So I wouldn't recommend getting past like the aluminum shell, like getting deeper into the board, just like open up the, the first layer of the plastic shell and clean out those vents. But going beyond that, you're getting really like into like the risky areas of static, uh, static shock, or just undoing one of those like sensitive ribbons from the panel that you won't be able to connect again, and then you're screwed. Uh, but yeah, PS4 is easy. Just don't go too deep. And PS3, the, 
if unless you have a yellow lighted PS3 already and you need to get the data off of it, then do the thermal paste thing. But if you're just gonna do the thermal paste for like fun, like it's <laughs> not gonna do you any good. And like Josh said, they got better with the thermal paste as it went along. It would just seem like it was just that those first couple runs of the system. Yeah. Because maybe they were just like producing them too fast to meet the demand and cut some corners. But like my other PS3s, I never really had to do the thermal paste thing to them after, you know, it was just my launch when I had to do the thermal paste multiple times. Yeah, my launch one was replaced with a refurb slim and I still use it. And that was what, like almost 10 years ago. Yeah, same, same with mine. It's, I've never had a problem with it. So yeah. uh, I've never, that was a refurb. Yeah, I have never opened my consoles. I've thought about it. My PS3 doesn't read discs anymore, um, but I don't really play my PS3 anymore. And if I do, I've got thousands of digital games from PS Plus on there that I can play. Yeah. Um, but uh, the extent of opening of my PS4 was to put a two terabyte hard drive in there. And that's not really, I wouldn't call that opening. I would just call that sliding the door open and changing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I still have a launch day. PS4. Uh, it's not loud. I haven't never I've never vacuumed the vents or anything of it out. Um, it doesn't you know make any like ridiculous noises or anything like that that I, that I'm aware of or nobody's ever said anything. Um, sure, it runs you know like the fan will run for a minute or whatever. But so I've been I've been fortunate. I'm kind of like waiting for the day that I turn it on and it's like uh, I'm not going to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, and also remember even if you clean it out, some of the games just run hot and yeah. will make your fan spin like Uncharted. Uh, Uncharted 4 made my system sound like a jet engine every once in a while because it yeah. was just pushing the system and God of War had a couple moments. Some of the more complex games or the more beautiful the game is, the more likely it is going to get that fan to start spinning even yeah. if you dusted it or not. Um, and he had a bonus question at the end really quick. Are you excited for uh, Tokyo Game Show? Uh... Hell yeah. <laughs> Might be more Kingdom Hearts Worlds revealed. Let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just another show. Another couple weeks later, there's another show and more news, and yeah. and that's how I see it. It's TGS you know, just and then more Paris news Games comes Week out. and then PSX. If there's a PS, you know, if there's a, like that's the order it's been going in. So. Yeah. Then you get a like a four or five month breather, and then E3, and it all starts over again. So. <laughs> Though I hope they do PSX a little better this year. If there is a PSX, like they do, like that press conference last year, that sit down interview thing was kind of mm. cool. It was neat, but yeah. I want I, some announcements or yeah, something. Yeah. And as long as we don't have to move. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love that E3 I know, thing. I enjoyed kidding. that. I'm just kidding. That was cool. Uh, apparently it sucked for people at home, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, because they added this kick to like a, a talking head segment of just like, hey guys. But they were getting you? the announcements that yeah. we weren't getting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't they, see why that was a problem. Yeah, they showed, you know? Des- they showed the Destiny trailer that I would have loved to have seen. <laughs> so. Yeah. Instead, you can watch the man play a flute. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Um, last uh, question using uh, hashtag AskPSNation, Stephen Wren. I've been thinking about this recently. Which uh, which series have you fa- fallen out of love with and then years later go back and realize how much you missed it? For example, I recently started Final Fantasy. I think that's 15. It, it is time that um, <laughs> I, I played. Wait. And it's the first time I played the series since Final Fantasy. Eight. Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> no, oh, that's, no that's, eight. 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 that's eight. Okay, <laughs> see, you can't do that to me years ago. Yeah, After Final Fantasy eight, I had enough of the grind of JRPGs, but now I realize how much I've been missing out. Do any of you guys have similar stories? Um, 
for me, uh, when I go back and I and the the little bit that I've messed with it, but when I play like the the side scrolling like platformers and stuff like that, like Mega Man, like I'm really excited for like Mega Man 11, uh, the Mega Man collections and things like that have been a lot of fun and stuff like that is for me and I, and I forget how much. I suck at those games when you don't play them as a regular basis in terms of like precision platformers. Like I talked about this with like Guacamelee and stuff like that as well. Like if you're just kind of like off your game, um, it's one of those things where you're either in in your rhythm or not in your rhythm. So, but it's a lot. It's like Mega Man and and those side-scrolling platformers for me. So I can't think of a single one. Of course not. I, uh... <laughs> Now, honestly, I fall out of love with games. I don't. <laughs> That's I, I'm sitting here. I've been trying to think of this because I saw this this question before we started, and I've been going through all these different games and game series and stuff like that in my mind, and you know, I I just they fall off because I have other things to do or or new games to play or I've got reviews to do or whatever. But the moment I pick them back up again, it's like I don't. I don't fall out of love with them. It's just time. Did you? Is really? Did you get to play Just Cause the new one three? Yes. Did that kind of like for you? Because I knew you played a lot of Just Cause two. Like, did that, that kind of feel like I riding a bike? Meh. Okay. No, I felt kind of mad with that one. Most um, people did actually. <laughs> yeah, because it just they tried. You know, they they saw. Oh my gosh, we we did so well with Just Cause two, and everybody loved it. Let's do more. You know, and it really didn't need that much more. That's one of the great things about Just Cause 2 was that everything worked and worked really well. You know, give us better graphics. They 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 went too deep with some of the things where, you know, you've got multiple um, multiple wires that you can shoot out and you can ratchet up the tension on them and you can do, you know, it's... It's great ideas, and, and it looks like they've doubled down on that for Just Cause 4, based on what I saw at E3. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of I felt meh about it. Like, I do want to go back and play it some more. I just haven't had time. Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel about 4. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say, well, maybe I have fallen, love, fallen out of love a bit with it. Um that might be the only one I can think of. I I can't think of anything else. Uh, for me, uh, Call of Duty's actually recently kind of felt like that a little bit, just because I've been messing around with all the different Black Ops stuff, to where it's like I forgot like how much I enjoyed. So I wouldn't say I'm like back in love with Call of Duty. I'm like in like with Call of Duty. <laughs> it's just like I'm not fully on board there. We're seeing each other. We're not in, like in any kind of relationship. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Exactly. It's a, it's a friends with benefits sort of relationship with Call of Duty right now um, to where like I kind of miss this. Those quick matches of just like the, it's going to sound like an insult, but those mindless death match matches. I kind of miss that of just like, yeah, I'm just going to go in this match, team death match, whatever, shoot everyone up type of thing. I kind of miss that. Didn't miss the community, though, because some of the community like I, I just have the, the blackout beta just on mute now. You know, like, I started that with the the previous beta. I just have everything on mute. Um, and then another one, which might sound odd to, to you guys, is Mario. Like, mm. Mario, like, loved the original NES, NES games. Didn't really play the 3D ones. Didn't c- Couldn't get into them until Galaxy. Fell in love with the Galaxy games. Couldn't get in 
to any of the ones after the Galaxy games, and then like Odyssey's fantastic. So it's like a franchise I've done that yeah. multiple times where I've just like missed. I it's almost like I missed a generation because Mario sixty four didn't really care about, and Mario Sunshine was bad, but then Galaxy like yeah. sparked it again. I, I could see that Mario. That makes sense because there are so many Mario games and several of them are very different. So yeah, I and mean, that makes sense. Yeah, Mario games definitely in and out of. <laughs> All right, that's not Mason. <laughs> that's not me this time. Oh no, he can walk now. He can. Him and Mason can take over the podcast. <laughs> so. All right, uh, we're going to end the show with that. Um, we all seem to have some craziness going on in the house today. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll have some more reviews, Impressions of Destiny next week, The Raid. Josh has a bunch of reviews going. Um, I will uh, see where we're at with some of these other hardware stuff we have got coming in. I got a review of another set of headphones, the Vitric headphones I got to do. So everybody have a great week. Thanks so much. I'll describe uh, my Spider-Man photos next week. Okay. I I, I can't even there. beat that. <laughs> There's nothing I could say at this point. I'm hitting stop. Good that luck. Kid just, like wrecked everything right now. He's just breaking things. <laughs>